On this episode, John and I are totally into the new year 2020. Welcome to 2020. We talk a little bit about pro golf and where we feel as though the game is exciting us, not exciting us, pros, villains, whatever you want to say. So uh, we, we, of course, will love our heroes and we love our villains. But we're going to also get into a little bit as we uh, talk about what's coming in the new year. There's a little bit of equipment that's coming. There's a little bit of trends in what the pro game is going to do. And lastly, we end up with an Evan Williams single barrel bourbon that we think is fantastic for the price. So we hope you enjoy it. Check it out. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of season two of the Faded Golf Podcast. My name is Mark Juline. I am stepping all over fucking chords right now. It's awesome and well played, dropping f bombs right from the get go. Love it. Sorry, it is an explicit episode. So um, it's what we do. So, Grandma, sorry if you're listening. Um, John, welcome. Hey, happy New Year. How's it? How's it going, buddy? You, you and I have hung out at least what uh, two, three times since New Year's, but um, but we haven't done a pod since. No, no, we haven't. I'm I'm glad to be back. So I, I posted the last one on the thirty first. This is our this is our first. You were pod of two thousand twenty. Our our first recorded pod of two thousand twenty. Uh, we we uh, John, you came in remotely. We we had awesome awesome guests. Um, Right before the uh, the end of 2019, uh, shout out to Michael Hart and uh, Mikey. of course Coach Bryant, Coach Bryant, which uh, uh, we will definitely have back on the show here uh, soon. Great, fantastic um, guest to the show program. Um, New Year, weird, weird for me. Are you getting um, pumped up yet? So I'm I, not. D- did you watch any? Well, let's let's start with. Does any of the pro golf at the beginning of the year get you like motivated? No, I just I mean, it motivates I, me want to travel like, to Hawaii. Right, that's it. So I, I their sl- weather sucked out there. Oh my god, it was windy and fucking weird rainy and, and rainy and not not real great. But um, shout out to uh, JT. Shout out to uh, Cam Smith. Way to go. For your victories, both J- got lucky. J- uh, JT, both both of them. Tr- yes. Now, well, I'll give Cam Smith more credit than JT. Steele gave Cam- it away though. Correct though, but like he came in from behind and won, whereas JT had the lead, could have just friggin' won the damn thing, and he fucking folded and even gave himself a chance to lose. Cam- so, Cam's good. Uh, Smith. Yeah, he's good. We- and. I kind of mentioned him um, last week or the last pod. He's gritty. When I was talking about, I think he's like a dark horse kind of contender. He's an up-and-comer. Yes. Like, he's young, a guy. Young kid grinding. He, yep. And the thing about him is he can putt. For sure. He can putt. Very and if good you, putter. And if you can putt, yep. you're going to start. If he can get himself in the he, mix in the majors. He, he seems to have a pretty solid short game. He just has to get off the tee. Uh, well, if he gets th- off the tee, yeah. then he he's he can get himself in the and, mix. And I think the pro, hey amateur or pro game, it almost seems like that is the key now. 
it's like keep your ball in play. Don't put yourself in a fucking bunker or a shitty lie. And you got to putt. And you give yourself a chance. I mean, guys that are the best putters. I mean, Brooks is kind of the exception. Brooks was putting himself in proximity to the hole like dumb. Like I, I, the way he would, as far as he could hit the ball off the tee and then how close he was putting himself to the hole and hitting the birdie putts like where they needed to be hit. It just it was rare. It's, it doesn't happen. Between him and DJ, I think over the last few years, that is what we've seen with the bomb and gouge kind of trend um, where you get these guys that they legitimately can... But Brooks was so much more than, than fucking DJ. Uh, oh, oh, no, he took that... He took that bomb and gouge to another level, but because I mean, he drove it, he drove it better than DJ. But like at Bell Reeve, when he hit like that cut four iron for a two hundred forty yard par four, I mean that's well, that's better decision maker making as well. For in my mind, is that he's he's going out there and not feeling like he has to go out and hit driver, and he's just beating whatever he needs to beat, and still crushing people because he can hit a pitching wedge one hundred fifty five yards. He has like the power of DJ, but I think he he lets he lets off. He knows how to control a little bit better, so he's not Johnny Hart who just swings out of his fucking shoes every time. No, but but the difference love, too is, love you, Johnny. Is, by the way, yeah, Johnny, you're, love, you're love great. You. But love you, DJ and Brooks. I think actually DJ has more talent than Brooks. Brooks just has that eye of the tiger type mentality. He's just he's he's killer. DJ just DJ starts getting like he's like I got Paulina. I've waiting and uh, I mean he. <laughs> and, there's uh, a few holes. Taylor made wrote me a check the other day. I'm good. He's just like, uh, and, I mean, there's just like four or five holes where he's just like, I just part. How, how big? What's the contract with it? He does this year. Okay, I don't care. That sounds great. I mean, he just he. I think he loses focus. Well, we and we talked about this too. I mean, I think there's plenty of these guys where how how much of the year can they really focus? <sighs> I mean, if it's your job. But but think about even your career, whatever you do, anybody, right? this is anybody listening, whatever your career is, whatever you do, if you th- really, really think about, if you were to map out a whole year on how much of the year that you're like, I'm freaking dialed in. And you could probably go week by week and like, you know, like look at even a month and be like, hey, you know what? Two weeks out of every month, I am freaking locked in. But the other two weeks, I'm I'm kind of just punching in. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm not like but but two weeks out of every month I'm freaking grinding. And I for if you were a professional golfer, would you look at it? I would you expect much different? It depends your perspective. I guess. I mean, if you're looking at it like a job, yeah, that's that's right. But a lot of those guys don't look at it like a job. But they don't, but like but there's still only so much energy you have, I guess is my point. Like if dude, if you if you truly were locked in at your best every that's week ha- that's, that's you're talking there's two different things what you're saying there though. It's not. No, no. I'm, what I'm saying is that I don't think it's much different. No, it it because we're talking like if a passion for work, which I think that also gets you locked <laughs> in, and that's different. Like you can have still have a passion for golf and not be locked in. You just you, you don't have it. You just simply but don't have it. I can have a passion for my work and not be locked in for two weeks because 
My head just is another. Yeah, but you're not. You don't have your passion for work. Like most people, just don't have passion for a desk job. For but but you may no. And all I'm suggesting is that let's hey let's without let questioning people's integrity and without questioning people's passion for what they do. I'm saying the same thing for me. Hey, and that's why I'm saying I'm like. Legitimately, in a given month, can you tell me that like you crush it two two weeks out of the month, and the other two, not that you're mailing it probably in, probably less. There, there you go, probably less. Not that you're mailing in the other, but like you grind really hard for a period of time, and then the rest of it you go through the motions. Yeah, I I think, and I, it's it's not because you don't care about what you do. I'm not questioning how much you care. That is definitely not what I... You're, and I don't think I would question... You're trying to make a simile, though, like, towards our work, like, yes, our jobs and golf. I am. It's not. But, but no, I think it is. It's not. I think it is. Well, the only perspective I think it'd be is in regards to the shit they don't like doing, like, the practice and the putting and the chipping, that stuff. But actual, like, game time, they do every week. Like, they have to show up. No, they fucking love it. Most of... They fucking love it. They know that it's a small window. We don't get that every week. They're fucking lucky, I, dude. They're I, lucky. I I think there's a I think there's there's guys that get burned out and it's really hard for them to focus is what I'm telling you. I think it's a small percentage. And I think one of my favorite guys had that happen. I think it's really I think it's much harder for these guys to focus than we we assume. And Game time or practice? Or both? Both. And and because you know what, by the way. If you if you really start to focus on practice it for guys work. that have already made it or not, either way, no way. I d- those guys on corn fair. Why these guys are fucking thirty six years old still out there doing it? See that guy Arnard yesterday. He's still out there doing. It. He's thirty six. But or it, here's my and here's where I'm going to go with this: is that they grind so hard when it's not even the freaking thing, when it's not even the tournament, that they burn themselves out and they aren't even. They can't even. They don't even have energy. For I the tournament. Do, look. I, there. I will agree that there's some burnout like that. That happens. That's just human. Yeah. But like being able to go out and play a game for a living and go to all these different golf courses, they know. Uh, Most of them know. They're hey, appreciative. Of it. You think they? I, I'm not saying they aren't. I'm not saying they aren't. They get burnt out. I've I've watched enough pro sports to know that these guys freaking they they burn out. They burn out. If you're good, they typically don't. They but and golf is one of these where like you when you're on the fucking wave, you fucking ride it. Yeah, you ride the shit. Why the same guys? If like, they're good, at, they've been good but, at golf. They've been around the whole time. Man. Why do you have a fucking champions tour? Because they can't so, get enough of this shit. So 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 the other you're wrong. No 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 no. <laughs> no. So here's here's then my next point because I think. People the, retire work to go play golf four or five <laughs> days a week. You're wrong about this, dude. No, You're wrong. No, and so here's here's my here's my thing about the guys that that figure it out. They figure out how to make it not a grind. Yeah, those are guys that are good. Yeah, the other guys end up sh- in selling insurance, but they'd still rather be on the corn ferry. My, my my point is is I think most players, most guys. It's so tiresome that they can only sustain, and that's why they only win one tournament in their career, or why they only streak for like three weeks, and then they're like, they fucking vanish. Well, I mean, I think you can kind of go to like other sports. So the guys, that, it's it's very hard to sustain a career in golf. Very hard. So you go to like 
guys in like baseball, and once they get their first contract, they've been grinding so hard that they yep. almost don't enjoy it. But once they get their first contract, they get financially secure. They kind of like let things go and they start having fun. Yep. And these guys at the corn, they're grinding so hard to get to it. Like I think they can get burnt out, and then if they don't get successful with it, then they're done. Yep. You're done. So and there's so many guys that we we even met them that have been aspiring pro golfers. Yeah. They get burnt out. What? So what I'm suggesting to you. In this they whole, still loved it. In though. this, correct. But what I'm suggesting to you is that guys like you, we have it much better than the guys on the tour or that are trying to get on the tour because we can essentially take two, three weeks. I'll, I'll call it off, but where you you have more of a casual, like going through the motions. Those guys can't do that. They can't, and they have to grind and grind and grind and figure it out. It's not for them. Then you it can't. isn't. You can't. And if you lose passion. And you lose interest, but, you're done. But guys like Fowler, guys like Woods, guys like Phil, guys like uh, fucking Coocher, I mean, f- whatever. Like Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, they figured out how to sustain it. That is PGA Tour shit right there, man. Yeah, I mean... It's th- about sustaining the passion more than it is about even the freaking game. But I look at a guy like Charles Howe. Like... <laughs> Perfect example. He's so... He's he sustained the passion for the game. Sustained it. J.J. Henry. Another guy. Another guy. I mean, look, but you. But I asked actually his brother if he still likes... He still loves it, dude. He still loves it. I yeah. know his brother through my club down in, in Florida and um, Kevin Henry. And he's asking, like, hey, does he still like... Yeah, he still freaking loves it. He's playing a game. He I mean, knows that, hey. dude. He knows about guys like me and you that are going to the office, you know, getting the phone, emails. Like, it's look, we, we got a great, hey, we, we got a great life, and we can cash in two weeks out of a month. It, we can, we can great. totally be like, I can mail it in for two weeks out of a month. But I if, totally can. But if you have a chance, think about. I got to grind, but think about it. You got a chance to go out like every week to go like, hey, I can go win a golf tournament at a different location, a yeah. beautiful place. You have to be mentally focused. It's badass. Mentally focused every fucking week. It's and tough. That's, and that is why I don't think guys make it. But I think also, I don't want to say something sexist, but and I'm not going to say it. I think also men's golf, and women, is. I think they're the same way as well in, in to a degree, but having a like challenge every week, like that hard of a challenge. Like, and I, don't, I can't talk from a woman's perspective. No. I, don't, I don't, don't know that. We don't have that perspective. I don't have it, but I just tell from a man's perspective, like having that challenge every week, like, hey, I can go win this golf tournament. I go enter in it, and if I do really well, I make a I'm lot sure, of money. I'm, I am certain women look at it the same yeah, way. Yeah, I don't know, though, and but there's the LPGA is becoming extremely successful, so I'm sure they're just as competitive. They're, they're building up, for sure. But I'm just saying from a man, I'm not, not like I said, I'm not trying to be sexist or anything, but do you look at things like you want to challenge? Every week. Exactly. That's what's awesome. Those golf tournaments. Well, I think anybody who I'm this is where this is, John, this is why we did this podcast. This is why we started this. Because it it was about the average guy about and, and, and comparing what we do every week to what these guys do. Kind of why I like where this conversation just went. Because the average Joe literally can freaking like mail it in. And this is honest. The average Joe can mail it in two weeks out of a month. You can freaking mail it in 
and your boss will not even notice. Not even notice. Probably more than that. Oh, I'm being generous. But you can mail it in two weeks out of a month, half your month. You know who you sound like. And your boss isn't even notice. You sound like Peter Givens right now. (laughs) (laughs) And these guys can't. They really can't. I pretty much do 15 minutes of real work (laughs) the whole week. If you could quote that whole line. (laughs) And it's true, man. Most people don't do shit. No, they don't. I mean, there's entrepreneurs out there. Shout out to all those guys starting a business, running shit, doing your thing, whatever. John, you're an entrepreneur. It's awesome. But, but like, I but, still have the. I but I phase out. But you. But, but you your do. whole your whole point is it's a good point. You can't phase out a golf tournament. You're done. That's it. Let's go over. You can't. You, you phase can't, out you two holes. You can't okay. play Thursday, Friday, and then not show up on the weekend because you're only going to make then your thirty thousand dollars. Good job. You know whatever. And then you which by the card. way and is lose awesome, your card. and you might lose your card. Or by the way, you can't phase out on Thursday, Friday because whatever. So these guys that can sustain their mentality, can sustain their focus on the game, uh, is we have to credit the shit out of them. Like it's a it's a different thing. We're unlike a regular job where you can literally check out for at least half a month and nobody will even notice. You just show up and kind of do the minimal like reply to emails. Nobody will notice. And then you like work, you hustle for like a week or two out of the month. Like, and people are like, wow, look at that guy. He got that done. And you, you re- leg- legitimately only got it done in like a week or two. That, that, that happened, by the way, that happens across the nation in every business. And if anybody thinks any different, you're fucking nuts. Well, let's stick to the point that you've made. You can't lose the focus in golf. Nope, in you can't golf. do it. And that's why I appreciate these guys for what they do. So, uh, Cam Smith, congratulations. Bye. You've clearly focused. Um, Justin Thomas, battling back from injury, coming back. I know a small field, so I can only give you so much credit. And you shit the bet on the fucking 18th hole to make it even a playoff. But that's a whole side point. Way to, way to grind I love it. JT. Way to grind it out over, over three holes. That's good stuff, so. I love. I, I like that group of guys, man. I think they're just good. Oh dudes. my god, I love. I mean, man, with the exception of Spieth, but like, I like those. I like this young group. Spieth created. He's aura. a he's he a crea- fucking douche. He created that aura, though. No, it, it was JT. But anyway, so Spieth's a douche. So hold on, <laughs> so hold on. Stop <laughs> your shit. Those guys still are chasing him, and he hadn't won shit in like three years. That's fine. Yeah, he's done. Three, I know. three he's, majors, he's, right? There. He's three. Done. He's done. Who? Okay. He's not Padraig. It's not happening. <laughs> Padraig. He's gonna win again. Oh God, I can't wait for the fucking Ryder Cup. He's gonna win again, Ryder. Right. We should have went to the Presidents Cup. We should have uh, went to Austria. The Been great. Australia. You should have Austria. Bobby. <laughs> Austria. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Don't go skiing, watch some golf. It'd be great. <laughs> There's some dumb and dumber come out here, real thick. I know. Be so, up. All right, if yeah, if you guys don't care, then I'm being a dipshit junker. So, anyway. so all right. So, um, so pro golf, good stuff. Where's the President's whatever. Cup in America? I don't know. Uh, in two years, yeah, I'll have to look that up. Who, who? I'm sure it's cares? like cares. Harbor Town. That event usually know. is just garbage, but, but. I mean, it, it'd probably be e- an easier ticket to get than the fucking Ryder Cup ticket that 
I'm probably not going to go. No, I don't think I'm going to go. Unless your boys at CBRE hook us up. I just... Uh, I, I think, like, you want to go as an American in Europe, it's like... I felt like it was easy to go. Anyway. Um, so, uh, we've been watching a lot of... Uh, I guess paying attention to pro golf lately. And one of the things that John and I were talking about, especially as it related to Patrick Reed was, um, whether or not, um, quail hollow. Ooh, it's not bad. Is that, that's West coast, right? Yeah. <laughs> quail hollow. Where's quail? Hollow? Charlotte. That's in Charlotte. Okay. You do that. I should have known that. I was thinking that was like in California somewhere. Anyway. I thought you played it. No, I haven't played that. Oh. Um, so one thing that that uh, because of the Patrick Reed controversy, people shouting cheater and obviously all the shit that went down in the Bahamas and all this other stuff was, does pro golf need a villain? Do, do we need villains? And we we got into an kind of an off conversation or uh, sorry, off recording um, debate and. Um, I, I don't really like the whole villain thing in golf and maybe it's because of the tradition of golf and that I feel like people should follow the rules and be good stewards of the game and whatever, whatever. So, <laughs> but you brought up the fact that like, maybe that's actually good for this 100%, shit. hundred percent, dude. That's like good for just, you know, if you want straight publicity, you want more people get involved, like. People love to not like a guy. You know, people love to like root against somebody. Yeah. That's kind of like sports. I mean, we hate Tom Brady. Yes. I mean, it's great, dude. Patrick Reed, I'd love to have him on. I'd love to have him just to talk to him and just, I mean, like hear his, I want to hear his side. You'd probably end up liking the guy. Maybe. But you say, look, Patrick, you're you're a villain. Did you see the letter he sent to Shambly? Yeah, the cease and desist. Yeah, that's kind of. Mm. That's See, an, another reason not to like the guy. The guy is just it, the tours never. They want him. They, like they're so happy they have him. But you know, Bubba Watson was going down that path, and then he got quiet, and Patrick's kind of taking over this fucking douchebag role. Bubba was just. Well, he was mouthy. He was he was complained a lot and whatever. But he's else. just a sissy. Like yeah, Patrick, absolutely. Patrick he's doesn't. A whiner. Si- Patrick is not as much a sissy. No, he's definitely not. But he's a fucking douche, though. I mean, I don't. So, like, I don't. So, I don't really like him. So so here was the so here was the thing that you brought up that really got me thinking about this question. Really got me thinking. You were like, was Tiger the villain? Yes. Back in the day, hundred percent. And like that really got me thinking because, and hey, I get it, man. There's a lot of freaking Tiger fans out there. There's a lot of guys that are like, big cat, there's, the big cat. but everybody right? now, there's more support for Tiger now than there ever has but, been. But when he was winning, when he was like cold, he was a guy who didn't want to do interviews. He'd give you short answers. Like he was like, I'm, he was like freaking Mr. Focus. And I got it. He won. I, I, I'm like, I, I don't give a shit that he won. Like he did nothing. He to, was the villain. He did nothing to relate to me, and he, be, he was my villain. He yeah. was my villain. Yeah. And I, I, when you said that, I was like, fuck yeah, he was the fucking villain. At least to me, he was the villain. 
because he was unlikable. He, other other than he was a winner, and there are plenty of people that can get all over the bandwagon, all over it. Johnny Hart of I love fucking winners, dude. and there are plenty of other guys that are like I love fucking winners. Dude, Tiger was no different than the people that like Duke that never went to Duke, yeah. and the people that like Notre Dame that never went to fucking Notre Dame, and there's people that like Ohio State that never went yeah, to fucking but, Ohio but, State. But, but, but hold on. Tiger did something just in sports. Like people that have any idea with golf know how hard it is to what he did, that dominance. It is so hard. It's superhuman what he did. It's incredible. So that's so so that that was was so amazing. Correct. And I have said all along, I appreciate that. Yeah, you. I mean, you ain't gotta love him. I don't appreciate. It's there's nothing about the. Achievements that I don't. Do you say, pull for him in any tournament? Never. I I do. Never. I love to see him win. Like, I don't root against him, but I'm definitely like, God, I really hope he wins. Dude, like, it's like, like even. Here's, but it's like even it's like, like, it's like, like even in the Masters, I dude, was I was rooting more for yeah, Brooks than I was for him. Yeah, but dude, if you oh I wasn't. <sighs> I wanted Tiger to win that so bad over Brooks. I like Brooks, but. Uh, Tiger, I wanted to win over here. I wanted that to go to play. So it's kind of like we can both <laughs> be. This is a. I think this is interesting that me and you can get a feeling perspective, something kind of similar. And what I'm talking about is Michael Jordan. Okay. We were his nemesis at the Pacers against the Bulls. The only team that really gave them trouble was the Pacers because they go to the, the finals and they beat everybody's ass. We took them to seven games. Like twice in the yep. Eastern playoffs, like the Eastern yep. Conference playoffs, um, and I did not want them to win, but I was so like amazed by how he played, Michael Jordan. weren't you? Michael Jordan was the best basketball player I've ever witnessed play. I mean, I but Ever. I'm just but I'm just trying to say, like put in perspective. He is like him and, and like Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan very similar. That like you didn't have a lot of love for Tiger. You didn't have love for Michael. There's no way you were pulling for Michael Jordan in the Bulls. If you were, then you're I don't know Mark Jolene. I don't know you. You were pulling for them for the Bulls. Yeah, it depends on what year against the Pacers. Depends on what year. Wow, I don't know you. That's like weird shit to me. Like what, seriously, what, what year? And it doesn't fucking matter. What matters? Like you were pulling for the Bulls over the Pacers. So there's a weird period of time where I was a Bulls fan. That that, that just totally deflates everything. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to figure out. Back, I mean, think about this. Like, I'm like teenager years where I flip flopped um, to being a Pacer fan. And so, like, up until probably about 13, 14 years old. So, that would have been what, like uh, 89, 90? So, probably like up until right before high school, like up until like eighth grade, ninth grade, I was a Bulls fan. That's when you like didn't have much perspective, though. So my my dad grew up in Chicago. Um, 
we lived in South Bend for a long time, uh, for until I was like nine, 10 years old. And then we moved to Indy. And so, um, we were bears fans for a while and we were bulls fans. And then there was some point and it was, it's, 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 it's mushy between probably fifth grade and probably like seventh, eighth grade where like, I was still like kind of a bears I fan. I can see that. I was still kind of like a bulls fan. I forgot how and long I, you lived I, in and, South Bay. And, and I'm still a Blackhawks fan because there's no hockey team. Here. But I forgot how long I thought you didn't live in South Bay. I lived Bend. there until I was like nine, 10 years old. I thought you so were like six or seven. Or we something. moved, we moved here right before my 10th birthday. Basically. That may, okay. Well, that makes so, more sense. So like, like I look at my, like my, my son, Charlie, he's like 10 years old. Like he is like, I love the Colts. <laughs> he's like all in, and he's never known any different. Like if I were to tell him, like, like, hey, at one time I was a Bears fan, he'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, like I've, but Sorry. I've never told him that because I've never wavered. And and there was a point I remember um, when when I was uh, probably it was one of these teenage years, right? Somewhere in the middle, my dad was like, he like because uh, we were here, we were living in, and he's like, he completely abandoned the Bears. He was like, I'm done with the Bears. We're we're Colts fans. That's hard to do. And and this was in the shit. Of did like, he grow up in the? Did he the, grow up in Chicago? South Side of Chicago. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's wow. a White Sox fan. So, um, good for him, right? Oh yeah, none of the good. bullshit with a fucking fuck, White Sox guy. Good yeah. for that guy. We we took the boys to a White Sox game uh, last year. Anyway, it was fun. Um, but Mark, a good time. Do you but, like Mark Burley? <laughs> oh yeah, the Burley meter. Oh yeah, baby Frank Thomas, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, the uh. So the point is, he he made a decision when we at some point he was like he's like, and he was never really a Bulls fan necessarily, but like he's like he's like I'm a Pacer fan, I'm a Colts fan now, and like he sold me on the it didn't take much for like to flip it, but at the time, when you were in like seventh, eighth grade, early nineties, Michael Jordan was the best player that you would ever see on the fucking court. Ever. How do you flip a kid that's 10, 11, 12 years old for me? Like, that was my dad's team to that's whatever's team. Like, you're going to flip me right now to go following freaking Chuck Person? Like, and well, Rick Smiths? Like, you, you it, give, give me a better option. But here, here's the point. I guess I, then it's not as much you as it's me, is saying, like, root against the best player there ever was. Because, Tiger Woods is the best player to ever play the game. Yeah. I've concluded that, you know, Jack Nicholas has more made, but he didn't have the competition. Mm-hmm. And Tiger still would be the best player today. He wouldn't have as many majors. It won't happen. It will never no. happen again. Nope. Never happen again. I agree. But I'm just saying it's it's like it's rooting. Like I had a hard time. I'm, I'm almost in agreement. Like when the Pacers played the Bulls. Like, I had a hard time rooting against because he's so great. Yeah. When he won, I didn't feel like awful. No, you weren't crushed. You were oh, like, okay. That was impressive. That was impressive. That was amazing. You know, it wasn't the fucking Pistons. So right. I was, I mean, that's, that's a little different. It was mattered. And dude, Reggie, I wish Reggie would have got one, though. Gosh, I wish he would have got one. That he, one year they went against LA, against the Lakers. Man, that would have been awesome. I know. Was that with Shaq awesome. and Kobe? It was at Shaq and Kobe, but we had Rick Smiths. We had the Davis brothers. I mean, we it was such a good team. Shaq and Kobe were so good, though. 
Well, they, they were, were they good. are brothers, but the Davis, you know, Davis boys and oh god, it was that was that was a great year. I had just moved out to L.A. It was two thousand. Did you go um, to Gay? No, I didn't because I'm probably pretty was, cheap tickets. I was twenty freaking two years old. Probably cost like fifteen hundred yeah. for a nosebleeder. I was twenty two years old. Had no showtime. Had no money and uh, was not high enough up in the Toyota organization to get tickets to that game. So. Well, you know, I full circle back is that Tiger's great. You know your <laughs> your thoughts on. Uh, Keeping the grind, the focus on professional golf, I see some points. I I do, but there's zero chance I have any like sympathy for guys that are playing a game for a living at a high level. It's just I don't, but it but it's hard. Ti- Tiger's it's hard. Tiger's a great example of this and why you can make as many excuses as you want with his physical nature with his his body. And and guess what? There's plenty of other guys that probably have physical issues or whatever else where they've had back. Tiger has or freakish focus. Correct. Freakish. Correct. And and where he's always been to battle back he, is is to be focused in. I think he's actually on probably. And I think most like great guys that in great people in general in any parts of their life, like scientists and all these, they have what normal society would probably say mental issues, like. Almost even mental, like, it's, it's, mental disease. Like they would probably say, like Tiger's OCD. Um, it's it, obsessive. D. is a, is a perfect example of this. People that are great usually are unbalanced. Uh huh. And so what? That's why. I mean, like one reason that I I guess I've been kind of on the D. bandwagon a little bit is that I'm like, you don't come across guys like this that look at the game that detailed. You just don't. And whether like you like his approach or not, I'm like, you have to appreciate the fact that this guy is going to dial in on wood or wind, angle, freaking lie, whatever he's, else. He's getting annoying to me. Um, he's getting but, a little more annoying with that stuff. It's like, dude, he needs to learn how. It's just, dude, he's a great player. He's, he's a need, fantastic he's player. He's getting too caught up with that shit. Well, it, it, hey, you're right. It could, it could be the I think part you could that, hurt him. that takes it. Yep, it could take it away from him. Uh, you want to get in some uh, equipment and uh, or yeah, so we, or we've some got, pro golf. There's some, well, we've already talked about some pro golf. The only thing did. I wanted to mention was yep. was Tommy Two Gloves, Corn Fairy Leader, Corn Fairy Leader. What he's got? One more day left. Uh, tomorrow, yeah, yep. tomorrow, last day of the tournament. So. These guys were hitting like five and four irons into 130 yard par threes. That windy. Yeah, I saw it yesterday. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. So, yep, he's a uh, minus eight. He shot five hundred a day. Um, it's in. Uh, oh, it's yeah, that's right. It's in the Zuma. So, I've actually been. I've been to that Sandals Resort, but <laughs> it's which is it's very nice. Um, it's nice. So, um, so so good good for Tommy. Um, some first impressions on some drivers. So, uh, TaylorMade and Callaway have both. Brought out their new stuff. Yes, I only tried the. Um, I tried today. It just came out today in PJ Superstore. Literally today, they just got the demos in. Yep. I was like, I just walked. I mean, in there. Tiger Woods kid already has the sim in his bag. I got the Callaway. Did you see that? No, Callaway. I Callaway Maverick. I tried today. Yeah, Charlie Woods already has the sim driver in his bag. 
<laughs> Simba. What the hell is that? That's the new Taylor made. Oh. I wonder how you got that. Thank I you. wonder how you got that deal then. Yeah. So so you got you hit the Maverick today. Yep. How'd that go? I liked it. It's it's a little di- I hit probably like 15, 20 shots with it. It's it's different than this flash. Um it feels like I think you put, hit a point where off air is like it has a less like trampoline type feel. Mm-hmm. Feels like an iron more, when you hit in the more sweet spot. Solid kind of feel. Sound it. is definitely different. I like the sound a lot better. I mean, the performance of it, not a lot of difference. Yep. I think the ball speed's a little faster. They said, like, on average, it's getting, like, two to three more mile per hour. I think it comes to a point now, like, Flash and that Maverick. It's just going to be, like, it's the feel. And it feel. I actually, I like the feel better than the, than the, than the Flash. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's worth spending $500 yeah. to, to, to upgrade, but it's, it's a better feel. I mean, I've been, I've been rocking the M1 for three seasons now. Um, skip the M3, skip the M5. Mainly because uh, I didn't like the sound. I didn't think it gave me much more performance over the last two seasons um, on the uh, the TaylorMade. I am interested to see this new uh, sim design. Uh, it they've to me it's it's similar to what uh, Cobra has kind of been doing with this kind of uh, just the way with where they're putting weight you in, the, in, try in, the, in the club. You need to try. The I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna go this know, week. Um, I try. I want to try them both out. See what happens. Uh, I will try out the Maverick just because, I mean, Callaway, great club. Um, Go this week. But uh, want to try those out. Um, I think we'll see what happens. I think what we've had conversations over the last year and conversations we've had off, obviously broadcast that kind of thing. Uh, in that, the the biggest difference in they don't advertise it with these clubs. They don't. And to your point, it's feel, and it is um, responsiveness across the face. Meaning, uh, if I hit it a little off center, it's still going to go. And I think there's a forgiveness across the face, and I think there's a feel factor that they aren't using in marketing. Like they're not, they're going to tell you it feels better wherever you hit it. They're not going to say it sounds better because that's not going to sell golf clubs. They're going to say further from however you hit it or speed face and whatever else because they want to advertise speed and distance. It's and that's the what same it's, that, shit. It's the same shit. And, but what they're actually doing is making that face have a larger sweet spot. And ideally, to your point, they're making it sound better. They're making it feel better. It feels better. It, it does feel better. If it sounds and feels better, and regardless of where you hit it around the sweet spot, it goes the distance, it's viable. And um, I hopefully between TaylorMade, Callaway, whoever oh, else, dude, it, there's, that you, that they're going to do they're, it. They're doing a, a good job with that. So, All right. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I think just you need to try the new TaylorMade and get some response back. We'll get that back. Um, next week, we are going to have Mr. Durham on the podcast, either Monday or Wednesday. Um, we're going to get into handicaps. I know everybody got rolled out, but uh, we're going to take a second here, and we are going to taste a little Evan Williams bourbon. Hang on, everybody. Thanks. All right, we're back. Um, we have got a uh, – What? give me the bottle. Here we go. So um, – uh, we always do this. This is the best part about the Faded Golf Podcast, according to John, is that we uh, 
at the end of every episode, we try something and we share it with you. And one of our one of our missions, and this is one of those things, um, we've tried some expensive stuff, right? We've tried some um, average stuff. We've we've tried some stuff that's a little bit less expensive. And one thing that we're finding, I think we've kind of revealed this over the last few episodes, is that we aren't certain that if you pay more for something, that it's definitely any better. And that if you pay for a craft uh, bourbon, especially something that has to be aged seven, eight years, um, that you it isn't necessarily better than anything that's out there. And um, one example that we are trying today, this is the Evan Williams Single Barrel Vintage. It is a uh, 33 and a half, or sorry, 33.3% alcohol, volume 86.6 proof. And um, this is a 2000, it was put in oak in 2011, pulled out, I believe, eight years later. Uh, yes, it was bottled in uh, July of uh, 19. Uh, they actually wrote this on the bottle as well. One of those things where, I mean, it's truly an eight-year bottle. Um, barrel number 1006 is what we are trying right here. It- it can it it comes with a little And how like, much was this, John? Retail? $27. $27. So, it comes with a little like little booklet, like kind of attached tag, to it, tag booklet. And I want to read this. It's not it won't take long. So, typically bourbon is a blend of many barrels. Bourbon bottled from a single barrel is categorized as a single barrel bourbon. Evan Williams single barrel Vintage bourbon, however, is much more. It's the only single-barrel bourbon bottled with a vintage date to provide proof of age and subtle year-to-year distinctions found in fine wines. What a difference a date makes. That's exactly what it says. So, so, I mean, I think what they're trying to say is that you could pull off the shelf any one of these single barrels, and it's probably going to have a little bit of a variation compared to the next one because it's truly a single barrel. The accolades this thing get is just incredible. Like from all the, you know, Spirit Journal, the Malt Advocate, the Wine and Spirits Buying Guide. They 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 categorize this like this top one. So, and Marcus, this is twenty seven dollars. And I will tell you, John, that I had a version of this. I I can't tell you what barrel this came from. On New Year's Eve, I had this at uh, Rick's house. So I'm over at my neighbor's New Year's Eve. And we're doing a little bourbon tasting kind of thing. We hit Blanton's and we hit this and we hit some other shit and whatever else we did. We did a tequila tasting too, by the way. And we were, it was, it was a fun night to say the least. Um, but this right. was the, one of the highlights of our evening. And I, I'm excited to, to try See, this. See, Evan Williams single barrel. Love it. I'm giving it a try here. We're trying it neat, by the way, not on the rocks first. Oh, so one of the things we want to do moving forward with anything we drink, especially a spirit, we want to try it neat first, and then we'll add ice water to it later. It's got a good. I think it's got a two good. Di- it's got a good oaky smell. There's two characteristics to this, and I feel like what we've been doing in the past is we've been adding the water to it first or the ice to it first, and not that it hasn't given it. Like or it's given it a disservice, but I feel like we we haven't like given it the what it should be for what it Let's is. Go ahead. So. All right. I'm a big fan of the nose on this. It's very. It's got a great caramel bourbon smell. Wow. 
That's excellent. It's actually pretty easy sipping. Um, sipping uh, bourbon meat, meat is not is not easy. Sometimes it can be kind of harsh. You get the alcohol hit to you, and that's why I like it on the rocks because it, the you you add that water. It's hard to drink bourbon neat. You add that water right when that when that ice melts, and I feel like sometimes it can. Uh, uh, take away that alcohol hit to you. I don't feel like this is too alcohol heavy, which is great um, to me because I want wow. the flavors. I want the flavors more than I want the alcohol. Here's here's what I got. so after like getting a real taste that, and I do want to try it. Like a like a I'm gonna put some on the rocks. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna add just a little bit of ice. John John got John got a new ice machine. It's got these little like rabbit turd kind of ice. Just that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's got these uh, little like rabbit turd kind of ice, so you guys are probably familiar if you've uh, ever. Uh, They're great. Experienced the little kind of like I don't know. Ra- I call it rabbit turd ice, but it's a little like kind of small cylinder ice cubes. Um, I'm trying to think. Of it. Does uh, does Chick Fil A still do the the rabbit turd oh, yeah. ice? Yeah, they do that, right? Yeah, so it's like Chick Fil A ice. It's awesome. It's the best. So we've added a little ice, which um, cools it off, adds a little water to it, um, takes a little of the alcohol. It's better down. with the ice. I mean, it it just it goes you, down you, easier. Well, you lose some of the flavor with it, though, right? So God, that's smooth, though. You know, you add a little water, you add a little ice to it, it smoothens it out. Um, um, it makes it so it's easier to drink, which is obviously why people put bourbon on the on the, on the rocks. However, uh, one of the things it doesn't take away any of the flavor. And and whereas I feel like in the past when we've put stuff on the rocks versus trying it neat off the air. So what's what's been what's been interesting and why we've decided to go I think moving forward in this direction is that we have tried stuff neat off the air, meaning off recording. And really enjoyed it. And then we've ended up trying it on the era when we do our review on the rocks, typically. But it's just a, it's just a preference, though. It, and, and, but what, what I want to do is give you... I want to give the audience both perspectives, meaning I appreciated it both neat and I appreciated it cold with a little Here, bit of water. Here's what I want to say about This is probably one of the best bourbons I've ever had. Um... Like ever, like it's really good. I mean, I probably put in the top five. I'm not. I'm not joking. In top five, it's a twenty-seven dollar um, bottle that you guys can get. Like anybody can get. And I. I, I and will it's say a fantastic bourbon. I. I will say from a value perspective, it gives you everything you want in a Kentucky it's, bourbon. Um, I think it gives you enough uniqueness. It gives you enough oakiness. I think it gives you enough flavor and differential. Um, that you can drink it neat, you can drink it on the rocks, you can drink it, uh, you know, with a splash of water, whatever you want to do. It reminds me of and that. I think you're going to be happy. It reminds me of that. What we have the Elijah Craig. Um, yep, that single barrel Elijah Craig. That's what it reminds me of. And um, I think it is definitely in that category. Um, I do. Do I think it uh, beats Blanton's? No, I think it's a little bit shy of that. But for thirty dollars or less. If you find it, put it on your shelf. Um, it's or gift it. Yeah, you got you got a, you got something coming up for one of your buddies. Blands Whoever. is good. Blands is good, but this like I don't. I, I'm, it's such a if subtle you, difference. If you can find this 
and you can't find a bottle of Blanton's, I think you're gonna you're gonna make or if your, you want or if you want to buy two bottles of this, <laughs> right? One you for buy, yourself and right, one again. One for yourself, one for your friend. Uh, I think you're gonna have a win, win, win in in that scenario. So, um, with that being said, John, gift it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would. I would too. Um, I think to our point, uh, buy one for yourself, gift the other. Uh, it's fantastic. And thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year, 2020. We're excited. Uh, we've got, we're Thank gonna you. we're working on new guests for this year. We want to try to continue to grow the podcast. We really appreciate you following us, listening to us. Um, if it wasn't for the uh, obviously the the consistent followers we had, we wouldn't keep doing this. So we really appreciate you guys tuning in every week, letting us know that uh, whatever we're doing is something that uh, you care about, and that that uh, that's pretty special. So thank you. Appreciate that. Go out there, hit more greens, score better. Thanks.